Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 326 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as ever, by former heavyweight world title challenger, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how you doing, man? I'm good, my man. How about you? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. Always good when speaking with you. There's absolutely nothing to review, so I'm going to dive straight into the news here and then um, and then the preview part, basically. So we're going to completely skip part one. We're just going to do the news and the preview in. Then we're going to welcome our special guest. It's going to be a very, very short show. And then I'm going to come in with the outro. So let's dive straight into that news part. As I mentioned, uh, Matchroom Boxing have, have, have announced um, seven fight cards. Um, I'm going to start here with this one. Takes place February the fifth. We get to see um, we get to see Jesse Vargas getting in with Liam Smith. So two former world champions, world champions having a dance there. And on the undercard as well, Rung Versailles against Quadras Two. That again is is February the fifth in Glendale, Arizona. Also a week later, Daniel Jacobs gets in with UK's John Ryder. That one takes place at the Alexandra Palace in London. That's going to be February 12th. Again, all these fights are going to be on the zone. Um, February the 27th is the next card for Matram. Um, Akoli against the the I think it's a guy from Poland called Cizlak. Um, okay, uh, moving out now to March the 5th. This one takes place in San Diego. We get Estrada Chocolatito 3. Again, it was one of last year's very best fights of the year. A lot of people felt it was the best fight of the year. They're getting it on for the third time there. Um, a week after that, we get to see Lee Wood defend his world title against Michael Conlon. That's going to be March the 12th at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. Um, the week after that, March the 19th, we're going to see Virgil Ortiz Jr., the man with 100% knockout ratio in the welterweight division, one of the most excited fight- exciting fighters in the world. He gets in with the UK's very own undefeated Michael McKinson. Should be a really good fight, but a humongous step up there for McKinson. And then we get to see Kiko Martinez defend his newly um, won world title. It looks like Kid Galahad is completely frozen out of it. Martinez gets in with Josh Warrington. Um, It's a winnable fight for Warrington. However, it is a rematch. He gave Warrington a really hard fight a few years ago. That one takes place, of course, in Leeds. That's going to be March the 26th. Joe Smith Jr. is is going to be fighting this weekend, but unfortunately, uh, Callum Johnson has had to withdraw with COVID, so that's a great shame, man. That's a huge blow to that card there. As I say, tested positive with COVID. In steps a replacement, Steve Jeffrard, who we will talk about um, as 
you know, as we approach the preview part of the show. Um, I think that is about it, maybe. Oh, no. Um, Jose Ramirez against Jose Pedraza. That one's been pushed back to March the 4th. That's because uh, Pedraza also tested positive for COVID-19. Everyone is testing positive for that at the moment. Um, Friday, March the 4th, the new date in Fresno, California. And also, Clarissa Shields, her UK debut is now set for February the 5th. Um, she defends her middleweight titles against Emma Cozin. Again, that's live on pay-per-view here in the UK. Um, and yeah, I think the undercard is quite juicy, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember which card it's on now. But anyway, that's it for the news part. Moving on to the preview part. We're going to go here at the Bits and Bites Hotel in Lagos, New... Uh, New I don't know where I was going with with that but Nigeria Bits and Bites Hotel Lagos Nigeria over here is taking place on Friday so tomorrow the 14th of Jan um, we've got Olen Rawaju Duradola returning to the ring for the first time after losing to Richard Riakpour he's 36 and 9 he gets in with Idawu Okusuti, who is two and four, that's over eight rounds there. Moving out now to Panama, we've got Gabriela Fandora, that's the sister of um, Sebastian Fandora. She fights here for the vacant WBC Latino female flyweight title against Natalie Delgado, who's eight and four with a draw. Fandora, of course, four and zero oh undefeated. We're really scraping the barrel here, and the main event of this card it is the final card to mention, by the way. It takes place at the turn. In Stone Resort and Casino in Verona, New York, USA. It's going to be on ESPN Plus, and it's also going to be on, I believe, um, BT Sport in the UK. That seems weird, but I'm definitely going to be tuned in. We have to be. Um, it is, of course, Joe Smith Jr., um, a guy that I don't think anyone can really hate on. He's just a very average Joe. That should be his. His, uh, his his nickname, we all like Joe Smith Jr., um, just seems like the guy next door, to be honest with you, 27-3, uh, he defends his WBO World Light Heavyweight title against the aforementioned Steve Jeffrard, who has a record of 18-2, and two. this guy Steve Jeffrard, by the way, um, I believe he's trained by Stephen Edwards, uh, bread man, uh, but I'll be completely honest, I don't know tons about the guy, um, he he's stepped in on late notice, as we know. Um, actually, it says here that it's going to be on Sky Sports, so I'm not sure right now if it's going to be on Sky Sports or on BT. But anyway, this guy, Jeff Rod, his two losses both came in his first two pro fights. He was TKO'd in round three against a guy who was two and six, and he lost a split decision over four rounds, which, you know, can almost be kind of questioned, against Travis Reeves, who some people might remember that Anthony Yard blew him away in... Uh, in five rounds back in 2019. So that's his two losses there. But since then, he seemingly has improved. Um, not a lot of standout names, but, you know, his most recent kind of wins, like last time out against Dennis Grashev, a win there on points. He knocked out uh, Dmitry Sikotsky. Uh, you know, then it's not fantastic, but what can you kind of do on late notice? He's got 12 KOs. I don't know the guy uh, very well, Eddie. If you know Steve Jeffrard, then please enlighten me but if not um, mm. then let's talk about how how much we all like uh joe smith jr you can't dislike this guy no doubt about it man like that blue collar kind of worker you know what i mean not not necessarily your average guy because he's a fighter but has a real good mentality 
toward people, just toward, you know, just, just in every way. You know what I mean? He's kind of a guy that you can respect. Uh, and you want, and it's kind of like the underdog as well, in a sense, and not necessarily in this situation, but in most other situations, he would be like the underdog that you kind of want to cheer for and see do well. Um, but yes, Joe, I, I, I can agree that I, I don't know very much about this other guy, but I know Stephen Edwards, uh, uh, if that's what I'm, if that's who I'm thinking, the bread man yeah. from, um, yeah, I know, I know him. And I do know that he's the kind of guy who, if he's going to train somebody, he's going to have confidence in him. So the kid must have something, you know what I mean? And Bernard Hopkins lost his first, very first uh, fight back in the day. You know what I mean? And then he, he turned out to have a Hall of Fame career. So just because you lose your first fight, even your first two, doesn't necessarily mean anything in the grand scheme of it as long as you can recover and you can improve and get to where you need to be. Circumstantial, sometimes you get caught, you get knocked out like he did, you lose a split decision. There's a guy by the name of uh, uh, damn, I can't remember now. I can't remember his name. Young kid, he was he's a good like a, 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 he was a good kid. He was around our gym. He fought a, 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 a dude that turned out to end up being a world champion, and he lost to him by split decision because of like points being taken off because of a mouthpiece. So if you go back and look at that he could end up being if you look at that he would think that, that kid end up being world champion if he would have stuck with it this kid loses a split decision just like he this other kid did i'm mentioning this guy's sticking with it there's a possibility that if he, if he comes out on top here which i mean i, I don't want to see joe smith lose but he can end up being something later on i'm just saying just it, it just because you lose your first fight or your first two doesn't mean your career is over keep fighting keep pushing yeah, for sure. But no, I mean, Joe Smith is on such a run. It all started back in uh, June 2016 when he knocked out in just one round Andre Fomfara. Then, of course, he came back and knocked out of the ring and ended his career, the aforementioned Bernard Hopkins. He come back, he lost a fight against Sullivan Barrera in which he had Barrera down in the first round, but then I think he had his jaw broken. He lost unanimously over 10. He come back with a first round knockout win just to get back on the win streak. Then he lost, of course, a world title fight against Dimitri Bivol. He went the distance with him. He's always been a tough guy that we all want to root for. Then, of course, he had the fight with Jesse Hart, who we like as well. Jesse Hart, he had him down. He won a split decision over 10. It was really close. That is when he upped a gear once again by knocking out Alida Alvarez um, in nine rounds. It was a brilliant knockout as well. It was one of the best ones of 2020. Then, of course, 2021, after a few uh, pullouts and stuff, he did finally fight for a vacant world title when he beat Maxim Vlasov in a really close fight. Could have gone either way. And then, of course, his first defense was going to be against um, against Callum Johnson, which someone would have been knocked out for sure. There's no way that one would have been going the distance. It's a very sad situation that that fight's fallen through. Again, I think they had a couple dates for it. And um, Callum Johnson, you know, he's going to have to go back and hopefully recover from COVID and then get him back, hopefully, with, with the next shot um, after this. I don't know if it's going to end out 
end up being that smooth. It never seems to be that smooth in boxing. But hopefully that's a fight that doesn't disappear. Um, and we know that Joe Smith as well had him on the show a few weeks ago. We know as well that he already wants to get back in with... Um, or sorry, not get back in, but he wants to fight Baturbiev desperately. He wants to have, I think, the rematch with Bivol. Um, and he even said <laughs> he'd welcome the Canelo fight, which I'm sure everyone, including yourself, Eddie, probably would if it was on the table somewhat. So um, very exciting for um, for Joe Smith and one of my favourite fighters to watch. I've said it many, many times. But that, though, brings, um, I guess it's part one to a close because we've done the, the stuff that we'd normally do in part two, the news and the previewing, but there was nothing to review. So that's part one done. The final thing that we're going to do before I eventually come in with the outro is it's now time to welcome our special guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the reigning WBC featherweight world champion. It is, of course, Mr. Gary Russell Jr. Gary, welcome back on the show, my man. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure speaking with you, Gary. So we last spoke in January of 2020, uh, so two years ago exactly. Uh, a couple weeks before that fight against uh, Tukstot Nyambiar, which you went on to win unanimously over 12. Um, let's start with that. If you can give me a, a sentence on that. You didn't know too much about the guy going in. Very good fighter, though. Um, well, I knew, I did know that he was an Olympian. I do know that he previously beat uh, the guy that Shakur Stevenson lost to in the Olympic Games in the professionals. Um, so it speaks levels on his pedigree as a fighter um, and the skill set which that he brings. He's definitely a tough competitor from Mongolia. He came and bring his best, and that's what he did. Yeah, and it was another good win good fight. Yeah, no, definitely another good win for you. Um, again, we spoke just before the whole pandemic kicked off. Um, I wanted to ask how rough the pandemic has been on you. Obviously, you haven't boxed for, for almost two years. Uh, you, you tragically lost one of your, your, your younger brothers in the time that, that we last spoke. Um, just tell me about how it's all been uh, for you and the family. It's been hectic. It's been hectic. Um, but it also showed me how prepared as well as unprepared a lot of people are in today's society. You know, I was grateful that um, I'm one of these type of individuals that wants to be self-sufficient, you know, and don't want to, wants to have the ability to not have to depend on society. I'm going to instill that into my children, you know, so it was so crazy that I was already in the process of getting my children to grow their own garden, grow their own fruits, their own vegetables, you know, and everything else. I'm a hunter, so I don't mind getting in the field, putting some food on the table. Um, out here where, where I live at, you know, they have deer, they have turkey, you know, they have all this, this, that type of wild game out here. Um, I know how to harvest it and put food on the table for my babies and my babies don't mind getting out there in the field, getting in the garden, and getting their hands a little dirty with the fruits and vegetables and stuff. Um, I think that played a big part because once they started shutting down some of the grocery stores and you couldn't leave out of your house and at a certain time and stuff like that, it goes to show, it showed me how prepared me and my family was during the time of doing something like that. You know, so it's 
showed me that I was on the right track. Yeah, I mean, you got your farmer on. Um, obviously, in the time since we last spoke, your two brothers, uh, Gary Antonio, Gary Antoine, both have, have looked really good in their fights as well since then. Back on to yourself. Um, throughout the last few years in your career, Gary, people... Their, their one frustration has just been the lack of ring activity. I know that's not always, in fact, it's probably never your, you know, your fault, your intention. Um, this is go. this is the longest layoff of your career, though. Do you have any concerns about any ring rust going in here? <clears throat> um, uh, maybe not much, not much concerns. I'm, I'm one of them type of people that I'm never really out of the gym. Um, I don't train as if I'm getting ready for a fight, but I always train to keep my wheels spinning. You know, uh, I think a lot of these guys is in the upper echelon, like a Javante Pink Davis or, you know, these guys like that, they won't, they're not willing to take a fight with me. I think they want me to show signs of maybe ring rust or something like that before these guys are willing to step in the ring to compete against me. This is the reason why I continue to against my mandatory challenges. It's not been my fault. It's not as a fault of me. I've been willing to fight whenever, wherever, and whoever. The problem is I can't fight by myself. I got to find someone to get in the ring. You know, so when people come and they say, well, you don't fight but once a year, you haven't fought in once a year, I think the fans as well as the media need to hold themselves somewhat responsible for, for, the, for that. You know, uh, the fans are getting bamboozled because the people, you want, the fans want to see the best fight the best. If you're a competitor, you will want to push yourself to be, the, to be better than everyone, which means compete against the best. You know, it makes it better for the fans. It makes it better for the sport or whatever it is your occupation is. And as far as the media goes, you know, you have, y'all guys are in a position to call these guys out, to point out what exactly is going on in the sport how these guys are cherry-picking, picking and choosing who they want to compete against, and et cetera. Gary, your preparation for this fight, am I right in saying it's been a bit different? Uh, you haven't had your father there to, to, to help you out, prepare this time? Yeah. Uh, it's been, like I said, it's been a tough camp. Um, he's just starting to get back in, in the swing of things, but for the most part, no, I didn't. I didn't have my dad. I didn't have my dad here. Um, he's been in the hospital. He just got his, his, his foot amputated. So he's been in and out of the hospital due to uh, diabetes, you know, stuff like that. So it's been very difficult for me to to actually train with the tutelage, with the tutelage of my dad. You know, me and my younger brothers, we've been doing it. We've been doing it. And, I mean, he's here now, so I'm grateful for it. But... I know his health is still not at the best, you know. So it's, it's been a little difficult, but we never do no whining, never do no complaining. We just make the best of whatever it is, you know, so. No, I respect that, and I wish your father a speedy recovery. Um, your fight against, obviously, Mark Magseo takes place um, January 22nd in Atlantic City. Um, did you happen to see... His brutal knockout. It was one of the best knockouts I've seen all, all last year against Julio Seja. Um, I did see the knockout. Um, I didn't watch the actual fight. But uh, I've seen clippings of it. I've seen that he got hurt. I've seen that he got hurt. He got dropped. 
and he was down on the scorecards, and I seen that he needed a knockout to win that fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, obviously, Magseo being a young undefeated fighter. All these fighters from the Philippines are very proud men. You know, he's promoted by Manny Pacquiao. I think Pacquiao said that this guy's like his protege. Uh, what kind of statement are you hoping, Gary, to make here to remind people that you're still, all these years later, one of the best fighters pound for pound? Um, the same statement that I've always looked to make whenever I compete. You know, it doesn't change based upon my opponent. You know, uh, the essence of who I am is going to be the same. Um, we can look at Manny Pacquiao as as a legend in a sport, you know. Um, and I think it would be safe to say that uh, he has a good eye on what he would consider a talent, you know. And for him to, to sign Mark, Mark to, to be one of his fighters and call him one of his protégés just speaks volumes on the ability that he sees within Mark, you know, so uh, I think it's going to be fireworks. I'm looking forward to it. I never turned down a good competition. You know, I think uh, I'm going to walk out the ring victorious. I look forward to to proving my opponent my superiority. I cannot wait to see the fight. Providing no cuts, providing no injuries on your part, Gary, are you aiming to fight again before the year's out? Of course, of course. I think we have a good chance at fighting again before the year's out. We're fighting in the first month of the year, you know, so no cuts, no injuries. I think we'll be able to swing right back around during the middle part of the year, um, during the middle part of the year with someone else. Um, hopefully it's a Javante Tank Davis or, or, you know, one of these other guys, someone else that's willing to, to – uh, unified division. If if, if, if I'm not going to move up, I, w- I don't mind moving up in weight. I don't mind fluctuating my weight, competing at 130 or 135. The only thing is, I don't, I would not move and vacate my title to stand in line to be a contender or anything like that. If I'm going to move up in weight, I'm going to move up to compete against the champion. Yeah, that's fair enough, I think. Um, you know, you've called out all these fighters for a long time. I remember years ago interviewing you, you had these same guys on the tip of your tongue. Um, if you could fight absolutely any, absolutely anyone in the entire world, is, is Javante Tank Davis the number one target for you? He would be, he would be, <sighs> oh man, it's, it's, it's... <laughs> I don't, oh man, I don't know if he'd be the number one. It's real close. It's between him and Lomachenko. Okay. Okay. Him and Lomachenko. All right. I like those I like those fights. Um, did you happen to see one of the biggest upsets, actually, of 2021? Um, Britain's very own. We were kind of sad. Well, I was very sad over here. Seeing Kid Galahad get knocked out by your former opponent, Kiko Martinez. He's champion oh, again. Oh, my. Well, once again, it speaks volumes to the level of opposition that I've been competing against. You know, I fought Kiko Martinez, and now who was a former world champion. Now he he's regained his claim as another fellow champion in, in, in the featherweight division. Will he be willing to unify the division against me? I'm not sure. Um, even Jojo Diaz, another one of my foes that I competed against, who went on to become a world champion. You know, so it, it just speaks value to the level of competition that I've been competing against. 
Yeah, the way you uh, you dealt with Martinez as well was uh, such a dominating fashion. Um, yeah, his, his next fight has actually been announced. He's going to be boxing Josh Warrington in, in March, but we shall see after that. Uh, just finally, Gary, if, any, if you've got any closing words, particularly for your fans here in the UK, I don't have to remind you, I know you already know there's a lot of guys over here that support you. What's your message to, to your supporters from this side of the pond, my friend? Oh, man, I appreciate the love and the support. Um, I'm one of them people that believe that energy is very transferable. So whenever you see me competing in the ring and you want to give me a little bit of help, Throw some punches in the air. Throw some punches in the air. Just don't knock down the TV. Throw some punches in the air, and I'm going to use all that energy, and it would not go in vain. It would not be in vain. It would definitely be used up. And thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. There we go. Listen, Gary, as always, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Best of luck for Jan 22nd, and I hope that we can speak again sometime after. Of course. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Okay, and this wraps up episode 326 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A huge thank you to our special guest this week, the reigning WBC featherweight world champion, Gary Russell Jr. It's been a bite-sized show this week with not too much really going on in the boxing world. Uh, That's why it was such a short show. There has been one piece of news break whilst we've been recording the show, the Liam Smith and Jesse Vargas fight that we announced earlier on is actually been postponed uh, no new date for that just yet but Vargas um, has tested positive for COVID-19 that's the reason for the postponement so again thoughts are with him right now for a speedy recovery but that's about everything from myself enjoy your weekends people stay safe thanks for listening and we shall see you all again next week